0: Joining me on the line, I have uh, Gabe Toro, probably our our most celebrated and loved writer on the on the site, uh, according to commenters. So uh, thanks for having oh. us. On, or thanks for joining us, Gabe. How very generous of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes, and also our fearless leader Rodrigo Perez. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us, guys. Um, so yeah, we're gonna start off with uh, with sort of the the Justice League movie possibilities um, the future of you know this sort of franchise that they could have um, for the DC characters and um, I'm going to start it I'm going to head to Rod actually first with this and um, you know last year Green Lantern was essentially supposed to be their their Iron Man movie you know it was supposed to kick things off for them and start introducing the DC B, B characters and you know they would have loved for that movie to have been an Iron Man it wasn't it did <laughs> really really bad Um, So I guess where, where does that leave them right now as far as getting things moving um, for a justice league movie?
1: Right. Um, Well, like, as you said, green lantern was um, a huge failure for them. Um, It is. And no, and that's not even like, you know, exaggeration. If you look at some of the, the biggest flops specifically just by um, how much a movie costs and how much it earned green lantern is, I think in the top 15, probably top 20, it's definitely up there. It was, it was a, big big loss for Warner Brothers and so that set them back um like I like I've said sort of many times before it's um it it, it hurts them most from not from you know uh bottom dollar but more from like the brand because that was sort of supposed to be the beginning of their uh like phase like post Dark Knight or you know post-Superman, uh, post-Batman phase one. It's kind of like what Marvel did with Iron Man. Marvel took Iron Man, a B character, and made him an A character for the screen. Um, Green Lantern was supposed to be uh, the same thing, um, and it totally fumbled. And so it's, it was sort of, it's been, you know, back to the drawing board for them. But, you know, I guess what why we're talking about this specifically is because, um, you know, I think maybe about two weeks ago now, uh, Warner Brother announced that uh, they were moving ahead with a Justice League film and, and they'd actually hired a writer a year ago and kept it kind of quiet and, um, and and now I guess they just revealed that by the way we've, uh, we have a writer who, who wrote Gangster Squad who, who, who has penned a script or is writing a script he's been hired a year ago um, um, and also they hired um, one of the Green Lantern writers ironically enough to write Wonder Woman oh. uh, so you know, the gears are moving once again. Um, you know, there's been talk about, of a Justice League film for a while. Um, they tried to do one, I believe, in 2008 with uh, uh, George Miller and a bunch of kids. <laughs> Gabe, you know <laughs> a lot about that
2: one, right? Justice League, colon, Mortal. Oh, man. Oh, I man. don't really understand that, but I know it... I, I believe the main bad guy was going to be played by Jay Baruchel. What? Like a joke.
1: It was all of like what 27 at the time or something like that
2: he was playing a, a character named Maxwell Lord who's kind of like a puppet master type like a mover shaker so he's kind of a rich guy who so he's not like super powerful he'd just be like a Lex Luthor type essentially uh, but he he has talked about and he's gone on record about that they had uh, Teresa Palmer was Wonder Woman and of course Army Hammer was Batman and uh, before he was anybody before a social network yeah a uh, gentleman named DJ Katrona was Superman, which I feel like there's a lot of traditional old school Superman fans who feel a little bit uncomfortable about him being played by a grown man named DJ. But, no. <laughs> uh, George Mailer was uh, in pre production with that, I understand. And they just, you know, I think they pulled the plug because not only was it very expensive, but they didn't know what they were doing with. Where where Justice League fit in with the rest of the history? They had the Batman universe, they were tinkering with the Superman universe, and they ha- wanted to do you know solo movies too at some point, but they didn't have a full plan. So now they have they have Flash and they have Martian Manhunter in this movie, and they have all these characters, and um, I think the confusion of that mixed with um, writer strike. The cost of this and the writer's strike, yeah. Yeah, it,
1: it was like right around the time of uh, – I believe it was like the late 2008 going into 2009 writer's strike when um, – I mean I'm, I'm sure it would have been a mess anyhow. And and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Warner Brothers would have pulled the plug anyhow. But um,
2: – Well, I'm, I'm pretty certain – The writer's
1: strike didn't help.
2: I'm pretty certain that they were going through with this and they had Batman in this film and Christopher Nolan was one of the last people – no, and I don't think that went over well. I remember hmm. reading something about it where he was like, "Say what?"
0: no <laughs> really? oh, come
1: on, he must have known. And you can't—I mean, those things are in the trades. They're—they're they're pretty out there. You kind of have to be pretty deaf to not know that yeah. that was going on, right?
2: Yeah, but all—all all a guy like him needs to do is make his voice heard very particularly. So I think it's the sort of thing because Justice League has always been—you you, know—I mean, it's—it's. It's, A well-known property, it's always been in the pipeline for a very long time. So to know that George Miller is doing like psychiatric counseling with these actors to play these characters in Australia, I mean, you know, at a certain point, you gotta weigh the pros and cons of pissing off Chris Nolan. I mean, his brother's like a super assassin or some shit, right?
0: (laughs) Well,
1: I think more importantly it boils down to uh, not pissing off, but like hurting the brand and I think you know with the media with a medium age of like actors that are like I don't know probably somewhere between you know 27 and 30 and probably some of them actually look more like early 20s they were all much younger yeah I mean people joke that it was like Justice League for kids or something like I mean I, I think ultimately they would have hurt the brand and you don't want to um stumble with a huge property like that going out of the gate um it's it's better to take a, a bath on however much money you spent on pre-production which they did and you know they had people in australia i remember reading something about army hammer himself saying you know he put on the batman costume and things like that um but it's better to, to take that hit rather than than you know, the brand ultimately is is uh um, what you don't want to hurt
0: is the best way for Warner Brothers to to start is they they almost do the inverse of Marvel. They're they'll have to basically start with a Justice League movie. I mean, is that is that the way it's going to go down?
1: Yeah, they're not going to have they're they're not going to have a, a, a like a ramp, like launching pad, like Marvel did. Marvel has you know uh, at least one film for every character going forward you know before the avengers um there's an uh, iron man had two you have the hulk you have thor you have captain america and then that l- leads the way for avengers and avengers is kind of was super fun and and entertaining and uh, i mean well written but also you, you know it had that sort of like uh uh for lack of a better word like empire strikes back yeah. quality to it where you don't have to it's the, it's essentially like almost in a sequel we already know who these people are we know what their fears desires issues are etc um and then and we know who they are aside from you know maybe we have to introduce hawkeye a little bit we already know who Scarlett jo- johansson's character is and then we just have to play with who they are and the, the dynamics of one another and but you don't have to worry about um you know, character establishment and development. And the Justice League would be uh, extremely difficult because you don't have that lead up and you'd have to do, a, presumably they'd want a big, uh, a big movie and, and, you know, with a lot of set pieces and action pieces and things like that. And um, while character can be developed on the fly as you go, which arguably the Avengers did as well, um, it would just be a lot more difficult. I would assume the recommendation would be for them to keep, the amount of characters uh, as low as possible because, you know, the, there's uh, like not hundreds, but there's a few dozen Justice League characters over the years. If actually, if you probably did the math, maybe there's up to a hundred.
2: You're saying that they won't be able to build these characters within the, within the course of a single movie, but that's kind of what every movie does. I mean, The Dirty Dozen didn't have 12 prequels, you know? Sure. I mean,
1: Absolutely. No, I I, I completely agree with you. I guess the difference is the Dirty Dozen didn't have 50 years or more of of comic legacy to them. Yeah, but you don't
2: need – I mean you need need that comic legacy to please like 0.5 percent of the audience, the super nerds who are really going to care. You know, that, you know, oh, you need to really do justice to Martian Manhunter. you
1: know. Absolutely. However, um, that doing justice to the character is what ends up bogging down a lot of these superhero films. You know what I mean? I mean, we've seen it already in, in, in lots of them where they have to, um, uh, you know, there's so much, you know, trying to get, I don't know, who Daredevil is, right? That, you know, like... It, those films turn out. I mean, I think in all those films, they're the writers, and usually, in, usually is the case, their, heart, their hearts are in the right places. They have good intentions. But well, I find the, like a lot of these characters and movies get bogged down with like um, character development stuff that ultimately doesn't really matter.
2: The problem is, the problem is, uh, a generation of filmmakers who aren't very skilled, very literal-minded. So the origin story has taken place taken the place of the the charming or clever shorthand the sort of thing where we met indiana jones and we got him you could you could pull that off with wonder woman who it should be even easier she shows up you get it she beats some guys up she yeah No. that you know so you know all you need to do is have a character say oh she's an amazonian bam that's it wonder woman you know
1: no you're right indiana jones doesn't um you know doesn't you learn, again, like I like to always say, you learn along the way, you know? Yeah, yeah. About who this person is. Um, there's no, but Indiana Jones wasn't a comic book or a book or whatever. And a lot of these movies, they just feel so obligated to um, setting up this sort of like, Right. ABC origin story that they just become really dull and bogged down in that way.
0: But maybe yeah. the smart tactic to take is, you know, we, we've we been fully ingrained in comic book movies for over a decade now, you know? Like, we understand how it generally works, so I think that's the way, that would seem like the smart way to go with it, you know? less Just, just start us right in the middle of the action. Almost like a Bond movie where you have Right. Uh, a scene in the beginning, an action sequence that can introduce you to the main characters of the Justice League. And then, um, you know, you learn as you go from the other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I think I think the comic book boom has taught audiences two things, one negative, one positive. And, and one, the negative element is that, you know, they expect the origin story. They expect this long, drawn out thing. You don't really need it, but people tend to like it. You know, so it's it's a staple of the genre. But another thing is that because you've had this this long history of comic book characters and doing whatever, uh, doing whatever on screen, showing their abilities, people are more willing to accept. Okay, this is this guy's gonna fly. This guy's right. gonna have super strength. This guy's gonna so. You know, you have more leeway to break that formula at that point because audiences will see a guy maybe in a cape or, or like The Flash or whatever and they'll be like, he's going to do something spectacular. I don't really need the specifics. I'm just going to watch it happen. You know. I mean, how many of these, even the good, the middling to good superhero movies, how many of them have characters where they start showing up, they start showing this uh, uh, special ability that's not fully explained and you're just like, all right, this hasn't been well defined but I'll go with it. Can anybody right. really specifically say what Loki can do? <laughs> I mean, what his special ability is? I, he's apparently strong and he can control minds. I guess. Sort yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It, you know, so you can kind of get away with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. But well, they, I, I, I guess we all can agree then, like maybe if they dispatch with the origin stories and just get right into the tale um, it's probably the best thing they could do and and I think it's probably the only way they could do it anyhow I'm sure they realize that because if you try and tell even five origin stories in one movie you're going to have I mean like if you look at X X X-Men versus X2 X2 is uh, everyone feels is generally perceived to be one of the best superhero movies and a lot of it is because you just jump right into the action. The movie just goes away because you've already got the first one that was pretty dull. The first one is like 75% origin stories, 25% at the end of, of, uh, you know, uh, action or whatever. Not that I'm saying action is the best part of it, but, um, it's just so much like, uh, it's like so much foreplay, you know, you just want to get to something and X2 just, um, it just tells a story and and it's running and going. And even the new characters introduced, there's no origins to them. You just learn about them along the way. Um, uh, and I think it's generally perceived to be one of the the best superhero films. Uh, so maybe, you know, they're going to take that approach rather than like how Aquaman met, like, you know, the flash or something. And, uh, you know if you're going to go get into their their uh, origins tell and telling them all you're going to have like a 3 hour movie or something
2: didn't they also announce after the justice league announcement that they had a writer for wonder woman that's right and he's one
1: i think michael goldberg um that's right. maybe goldenberg uh, i can't remember but he is uh he's one of the guys who wrote on green lantern or green lantern 2 i can't remember
2: jesus warner brothers what are you thinking
1: yeah i mean that's i think what uh, a, a lot of people felt because it's, uh, you know, you make, like why you, this guy?
2: You yeah. make green. You make Green Lantern. I feel like you kind of should expect to be locked off the Warner Brothers lot at that point. <laughs> you lost a lot of money.
0: Well, there's that Whedon script for Wonder Woman, right? That's what five, six years old. Like, right? Would, would they? Would, is there too much like of their ego at stake to admit like, oh, he had so much success over you know with Marvel, like to bring him on? Would that be? I don't know, would that be an ego thing for them? Like would they not want to even bother? I mean, I mean, I doubt it just in the sense that they're getting killed from like, you know, well, yeah. from the Marvel
1: perspective. Like they Marvel's beating them at their own game.
2: I would actually say yes, it is an ego thing because the fact is the 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 rivalry, the on-screen rivalry between DC and Marvel, it's kind of an illusion because DC is with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Marvel's their own thing. Marvel only makes superhero movies. Yeah you know, Warner Brothers is using DC to make their DC movies because they'd like one big mega blockbuster here. But they have so many other resources, they have so many other filmmakers, you know, if, they, if a Green Lantern flops, it's not like the whole thing falls apart. If Iron Man had flopped, then Marvel would not be where they are at all. Right, yeah. DC, right. DC and Warner Brothers, they could take the hit off Green Lantern and say, maybe we'll do it again and we could look into a Justice League movie, because Marvel only does superhero films, whereas Warner Brothers, they lost Harry Potter now, and that's yep. about a billion dollars a year that they're losing, so they yep. need one big tentpole a year. It doesn't have to be a superhero movie. It could be in another genre. They have that flexibility. So right. as far as the competition, I don't really buy it, which means that if they go back to the Joss Whedon Wonder Woman script, it's going to very explicitly look like they are stealing a specific formula.
1: As you said, like, you know, Harry Potter gone, DC or, or, or Warner Brothers are looking to the future. And they'll have, like you said, Gabe, they do lots of different movies, they have lots of different options. But you know, the DC films, there's someone in a boardroom saying like, guys, you've got this entire universe, look, look, you know, look, someone on a, on a in a boardroom has got like, you know, some sort of like stats and shows how much, you know, Marvel made with the Avengers. and Being like, they have all this, <laughs> and you guys have all this, arguably. Bigger characters: Superman, Batman, well. Wonder Woman, etc. More well-known characters. Why aren't? Why? Why haven't you done what they did? Look at this bottom line here, and and, and that's well, what they're going to try and do. You know, those same, they're going to try exec- and leverage it that way.
2: Those same executives have pie charts saying like, "This is what Summit and Lionsgate are doing with Hunger Games. This is what they're doing with Twilight. Yes, yeah, sure. What. Every every studio now has their own like cash cow tentpole. And Warner Brothers is also losing Batman and The Hangover. Those are also really big franchises too. But it shows, shows the different types of projects they have the ability to develop. That Marvel, Marvel's not going to develop that stuff. Right. Marvel's not going to say, oh, we're going to try something non-superhero-ish. They are entirely dependent on one formula. And that's dangerous.
1: Right. Part of launching the Justice League is 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 having Batman end because Batman is you know they realize it's its own Christopher Nolan property, a very special property. They're going to continue this Batman in the Justice League, and they don't necessarily want a connection with Christopher Nolan because it, it's too tied in. They need the freedom to be uh, separate. Even uh, Zack Snyder has said that his Superman, th- there won't be continuity from his Superman to the Justice League film, so they'll be starting completely anew. And yeah, they'll want those those films to be over. I mean, that's kind of interesting that that Snyder said that because I, I wonder if yeah. they're all assuming that there's not going to be a Superman or Man of Steel two from Snyder's film or something. Yeah, that was going
0: to be that was my thought. I was like, does that mean we could potentially have two different worlds of su- or you know two different Supermans existing? And separate- it would it would it would never happen.
1: Right. However, if it, here's what would happen if Man of Steel is a massive. Batman like sized or dark Knight sized hit, then that would delay Justice League. If it's a good hit but not, you know, it doesn't necessarily like, you know, change the world. Yeah. then they're free to go. But they, I, I would I could never see them from a brand perspective having both going at the same time. Absolutely not. There's so either one or the other. So it's either Man of Steel takes off and they do a sequel. With that same actor, or um, it it is it does what it does, and, and then they move on to Justice League with um, a whole new set of actors. And then the idea for them, since they they likely won't be able to do the Avengers Marvel style, you know, one lead-up film to each one of them, they'll do the reverse. They'll do Justice League, and then if that takes off, they'll do solo films from all those guys with the same actors.
0: Yep yeah i I think it's what it comes down to is it's that that brand that is key like they can't i think the best thing they can do is take their time right and you know get it get the script right and get the right director who can who can somehow balance these pieces you know like because in the wrong hands it could be um not that it's a terrible movie but it could be a kind of a mess where you don't even know anything about any of the characters like something like black hawk down you know not a terrible movie but like you don't know who any of the characters are in something like that. It's just a mess of action, you know?
2: Right.
0: So. I think it's very optimistic to think that Justice League will be anything like <laughs> <laughs> Hawk. Very optimistic. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, I guess all we can say is we wish Warners the best of luck because it ain't going to be easy. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by... Now that the Avengers is an official monster hit, um, third biggest film uh, you know worldwide of all time. Um, it's huge. So so what's next? So Gabe, why don't you tell like what what are some of the things you've been hearing about Iron Man Three that we can get into um, as far as like rumors and things like that?
2: So uh, we know most of most of the story about Iron Man three. he's facing off against Ben Kingsley who is playing a version of the Mandarin, which is sort of a code name sort of thing. That was rumored for a very long time. That's actually true. And of course they're borrowing from this extremist storyline that involves uh, poison nanomeds that control the armor. So we got a lot more armor and a lot more fighting. SHIELD is still a presence in these films. I understand they said that Iron Man 3 would be more of an independent sort of thing, but SHIELD is still going to be a very big part of it. They are. They want to have another relationship like the one that Iron Man had with uh, Phil Coulson. So the original idea was to have a a comic character, a character from the comics, named Alfonso Macaulay, and they were going to have Val Kilmer play him. Ooh. This unfortunately is not going to happen. This just fell apart at the very last minute because Val Kilmer has too many prior engagements of shooting. Some cheap film in Bulgaria or something like that. You know, they they could not pry him loose for this.
0: Um, and, and that's a shame because I would I would have loved a Kiss Kiss Bang Bang reunion. You know, oh, that would have, that would have been great. Absolutely. I think, I think that was one of their ideas. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I,
2: from what I hear, they've kind of dissolved his character and filtered it through Maria Hill, who's going to be a part of it. And also, uh, Happy Hogan, who's coming back, and uh, just Gwyneth Paltrow, who has a very small role this time around. So uh, uh,
1: oh, is not, not be, it, right? No,
2: so. she is not coming back. They they have uh, ruled her out of that. And uh, and also, Sam Rockwell will not be coming back for as Justin Hammer. they that's not going to happen. Although he is apparently still under contract for future, but he's not in Iron Man three.
0: Hmm.
2: So um, one of the bigger characters in um, Iron Man 3 is played by Andy Lau, who a lot of Hong Kong uh, film fans might know, Mm -hmm. and he is apparently playing a very, very different version of a character in the comic books known as Radioactive Man. Obviously, they're not going to use that name. He's apparently uh, being brought in because Marvel has an eye towards a little bit more diversity in these films. So, I believe he is going to take up a uh, relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D. in some aspect, and he's going to be a major character that may pop up in future films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but other than that, we know everything about Iron Man 3 so far. We uh, William Sadler was signed on recently. He's playing a general, uh, because they're trying to give more things to do for Don Cheadle. War Machine will be a primary character in this. Yep. And, um... You know, I, I think that's it as far as uh, Iron Man three. We know most of it. You know, we know uh, Rebecca Hall is in it too, and uh, Guy Pierce is playing a scientist, Adrian uh, Adrian Killian.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so that all that information is pretty much in the open. Now, what we don't know is that apparently, and this is still because they're still shooting it right now, but they're the eyes are on a post credit sequence. for We'll be spoiling things. If anybody's listening, we'll be spoiling a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, these things are, let's call them rumors for now. Um, But they are um, things that are apparently in the works. And some of it has already been hinted at by some of the filmmakers involved, too.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. So a post credit sequence for Iron Man 3 supposedly involves uh, any Lao's character. I think his name is Chen Liu. Uh, I believe his character comes face-to-face with either a mask or an unmasked version of who we know as Ant-Man. This is what Edgar Wright was possibly discussing when he said he hoped to shoot some Ant-Man this year before shooting his next film at World's End. Apparently he would shoot the post-credit sequence for Iron Man 3 introducing this character. Yeah,
1: Edgar Wright recently on Twitter said um, he was... Uh, or, I, I don't know where he said on Twitter, but maybe it was an interview. But he, but he said, you know, he's shooting his, his third uh, World Ends Cornetto trilogy film this year. And that he, I think he actually clarified in an interview. Anyhow, he said, I hope to do. Shoot some of both, and people were like, "How how is he going to shoot two films in in one year? That's impossible." Um, it's because he's not. He's I think the idea um, which goes along with the rumor is that he's going to shoot his regular World's End movie and then hope to uh, shoot um, this post credit sequence in uh, Iron Man three that would show uh, Hank Pym. One of the problems that you know of hoping to do this is probably twofold: one being schedule, two being have they cast Hank Pym? Probably not quite yet. So um, they would need to do that, obviously, if they're going to properly meet him unmasked, um, because that's going to be the guy. You don't have whoever. That's going to be someone different in in the Ant Man movie. So, yeah. but the the, uh, the rumor is that's that he's going to appear and that's going to tease the Ant
0: Man film. That's well, and Edgar coming. Wright's Edgar Wright's camp. They're they're apparently pushing for Simon Pegg as Ant Man. Is that is that? Yeah.
2: That's that's been mentioned yet, but they are not in casting right now. There, you know, there's a couple names being bounced around, but I don't really want to give them any credence. It's just too early.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay.
1: and there's been names bouncing around for a long time. The other thing is you got to remember, um, they'll have, you know, even though he said, you know, I hope to do it this year, they'll have up to. Whenever Iron Man three comes out to do that, that 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 scene won't take
2: long to Before shoot. sequences they shoot so.
1: Yeah, I mean they, so they could they could have. When does it come out in two thousand thirteen May? Two
2: thousand fourteen is for Ant Man. There, there. No, no, I
1: meant for Iron Man three. Iron I'm Man saying
2: May. Yeah.
1: Right. So <laughs> they could they could they could cast him in April of two thousand thirteen, shoot it a week later, and then have it thrown in at the end of Iron Man three. So. You know they've got up and they've almost got a year to to figure out who that's going to be and then throw that scene in there and maybe Edgar shoots that that small little sequence and maybe he doesn't, you know, if yeah. if it all comes to, to pass. But this is uh, apparently the plan.
2: Jos Joss Whedon had apparently shot the post credit sequence for Thor, so. Mm. They clearly have an eye towards having their filmmakers collaborate on other people's films, at least in terms of post-credit teases and references and stuff like that. The next film after that would be uh, Thor 2. Thor 2, right. You know, what we know about this, we know that Mads Makelson has been cast as a villain. Awesome. And we know that um, the primary cast members are very likely to return with the exception of, and I don't have an explanation for this, but apparently Kat Dennings will not be returning. Mm. That might make some people sad. <laughs> Maybe some sadder than others, but her character is not a part of this uh, this film. So <clears throat> the story of this film is, is apparently it's going to involve a couple of different threats to Asgard because Thor is now kind of kind of in charge. He's kind of like you know he's supposed to rule. And so there's an attack on Asgard where they're trying to break down Thor because it's a power play. They're trying to, you know, usurp his authority. And th- these characters are the executioner who Mads Mikkelsen And I've heard actually that he's playing. It's a, supposed to be a very over-the-top performance, very different from what he usually plays.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This
2: is actually a different portrayal for him. And the enchantress is the other, um, the other villain. Which has been rumored for a while now. Um, And obviously you can go with a lot of white, blonde-haired actresses for this role. The two names that I'm hearing a lot are Alice Eve, who apparently was linked to X-Men First Class for a very long time. Mm. So Marvel was very high on her. And the other name, Marvel really loved Sound of My Voice. Okay. And so for a character like the Enchantress, she's kind of like a mystical... Hypnotic type, so I think Brit Marlin could probably do that in her sleep.
1: Yeah, I don't think she'll take it, but
2: I would be surprised too. That's
1: a rumor, anyhow. But
2: uh, I I would be surprised too. But from what I hear, Marvel's received a lot of phone calls based on Thor 2 a lot post Avengers. A lot of actors are really excited to get on board this train, they've dealt with a lot of different people, and the director Alan Taylor. Is being very specific about who he works with, about who he brings on board for this film. But you know, a lot of names apparently are really just pressing Marvel, saying, "Let me come in, do an audition." So the story is going to involve um, an attack on Jane Foster, who's Natalie Portman's character, on Earth because they're trying to break Thor. And it's one of those comic book things, you know, damn distress, unfortunately. However, one of the issues is that they're going to be introduced to Jane Foster's co-worker and this is a big deal within the Marvel universe her co-worker is going to be the character Dr. Stephen Strange he's going to be the neurosurgeon
1: rumored to be Dr. Stephen Strange right now
2: <laughs> rumored, yes who uh, works with Jane Foster who kind of Who's willing to listen to uh, her about her discussions about Asgard and all this mystical stuff? He's really into it. He's really interested in it. And one of the items from the Asgardian trophy room is apparently the Eye of Agamotto, which is a and this is super nerdy. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, apparently, it is a, a amulet that gives Doctor Strange his powers in the comics. So that's going to come down to Earth. Doctor Strange is going to find it, and he's going to adapt his powers. And he is a big Factor in this film. He's in all three acts. This is not a cameo. This is not a very small appearance. Uh, if if they're sticking to what they have so far, and I believe Thor two starts shooting soonish, then Doctor Strange is a major character who ends up helping Thor uh, within the plot line of this film.
1: Um, to help uh, boost that posit, um, the eye have again. This is super ner- nerdy, but that that amulet. Um, the Eye of Agamotto was actually spotted in the first Thor film it was in um, uh, some like throne room I think of like uh, Odin or something like that with his prizes and stuff like that so
2: the the Asgardian trophy room yes
1: yeah so that's an it's already you know Marvel loves to throw in those connections early um, and uh, so if that does turn out to be true uh, you know it's already been set up that it's been in that throne room so if you know Doctor Strange or Doctor Stephen Strange appears in the second film uh, you know I guess that's the rumor but you know it it sounds plausible I mean the other thing is I guess uh, I think I think a lot of that's going to come down to casting they're going to have to get someone who they think can, can, um, not only lead a, uh, well the, here's the other thing this interesting thing. You can set up all these things. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a movie, but putting that actor there is like, okay, great. So we've introduced him. If at one point we want to make a movie, great. At the same time, there's gotta be that concern of, is this an actor who can lead a, a solo movie? And if so, great. But how much do we have to pay him for this sort of supporting role in Thor? You know, so there's a, there's a lot of like um, I think interesting juggling that they're going to have to do to pull that off. And if they don't, I think that they could still arguably introduce that character in a small way um, without having to give it a, a major role in Thor too. Like they could they could do it with um, uh, again the um, uh, post credit sequence.
2: Right, and, and a lot of these, uh, a lot of the things the characters have to do on screen are very much power-based and special effects-based, and a lot of them, a lot of these characters do exactly the same thing. So, if you don't have Doctor Strange in this movie, chances are some of the characters are just going to be doing the same stuff that he does.
0: hmm mm-hmm.
2: You know, Loki's still there, uh, the Warriors Three are still going to be there, Idris Elba's coming back as uh, Hemdal. Nice, The whole cast is coming back there. So, you know, the name that I'm I'm hearing a lot of names for Doctor Strange, but the one name that apparently Marvel really wants, and they're not sure they're going to get, but the one guy... Probably
1: means they're not going to get him.
2: (laughs) They want him bad, and uh, they're going to put the jets on this, but they want Joel Edgerton, apparently, Mm. to be Doctor Strange. And the unfortunate thing is that uh, this would be shooting near the end of the year, and he's going to have a lot of... Press obligations, apparently. He's got a lot of films coming out, and he's got the Oscar films coming out. He's got uh, Great Gatsby, he's
0: in. *Captain Bigelow's Bin Laden film.
2: So that's a lot of, I mean, that's not just shooting, that's also, you know, promotional and Oscar obligations. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's, he, it can be done, but a guy like him seems very specific about the types of roles he picks. So, but I understand why they want him, obviously, and that would be a major coup if they got him. It, that sounds like getting, uh,
1: having the foresight of getting Jeremy Renner for Hawkeye, who, you know, it all goes well, is going to take off with the Bourne Legacy. So, um, the- it's a the, smart move on their part, and they got him, They got they got in early before he was a huge star, so that, like the, the deal that they set up was um, probably much different than it would have been if they would have got him. If they would have gotten like today, you know.
2: The other names that they're mentioning for Doctor Strange, honestly, I would say
1: if they're they not going to get those.
2: If they end up with any of those, maybe you want to just not use Doctor Strange.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the next film after that is Captain America two, and this film is still early. Obviously, they're still writing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been kind of batting around a lot of different suggestions for it. And one of them, uh, one idea that is not going to happen, but it was a very, very strong in consideration, was to have a way to reintroduce the Punisher. Ah. And um, to reintroduce him into the Marvel universe and have him at odds with Captain America, involving a, a terrorist organization that Captain America was t- trying to shake down. But uh, that is not going to happen, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, for one reason or another. But there's a number of different stories they they tried to juggle, and that one just got the axe. They had to get rid of it.
1: Wasn't one of the things that we were hearing for Captain America 2 is that um, you know, there was there was talk about doing a S.H.I.E.L.D. film at one point, um, and now they've decided uh, – one of the rumor is they're not going to do that, and they're instead going to fold elements of that into Captain America 2. Is that – Something is that correct? What I've sort of been, what we've sort of been hearing.
2: Yes, uh, you're going to have a little. First of all, you're going to have Hawkeye and Black Widow, and there's going to be more of a romantic element apparently between the two of them. Okay. Shield is going to be very much involved in the situation and in, in the storyline that they have for Captain America Two, and there's going to be a little bit of origin stuff involving Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and. Um, Apparently there might be an appearance by uh, General Ross, which would be William Hurt. Uh, he played the character in The Incredible Hulk. Yep. Yeah. And from what I hear, they're definitely trying to retain as much continuity from in The Incredible Hulk as they can, even without Edward Norton. Right. Right. So, um, so there's going to be it's it's a Shield movie, and they're going to be facing off against uh, Arnim Zola, who's the character played by. Toby Jones in the first film. Ah, okay. He is brought back as uh comic fans could explain this better than me, but he undergoes a very peculiar transformation. I'm not even going to try to explain it, but he ends up looking real freaky. <laughs> uh, it's pretty nightmarish. <laughs> and and you've already got Toby Jones, so that's probably going to be visually interesting. <laughs> right. Um, and they're also going to go into the story of the Winter Soldier, which is the resurrected character of Bucky from the first film. Now, the actor who played Bucky, Sebastian Stan, Mm -hmm. I believe he was signed for a number of films, not just two or three. Um, so he will be back as the Winter Soldier, as a Russian spy. And, um... So, you've got the Winter Soldier, you've got Arm Nimzola, there's a Russian terrorist organization that may or may not be affiliated with Hydra from the first film. I haven't heard anything about Red Skull, but again, they're still writing this. They just hired the Russo brothers to direct, um, and the Russo brothers, apparently, they uh, are pitching a heavy action approach. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
2: you know, a lot of fighting, a lot of spy stuff you know, with the uh, with the origin material, with Nick Fury and uh, General Ross, possibly with a little bit more Howard Stark because they're incorporating some flashback elements as well. Okay. So, again, it's still early, so I don't know if it's going to be like flashback and modern-day 60 split, something like that, but they have a number of pieces in place for that so far. And Captain America... Uh, uh, they, they're considering also bringing uh, in the niece, or was it the niece? Uh, I'm not sure about the continuity, but the distant relative to. Uh, Hale-
0: Haley Atwell's character? Yeah, yeah. Was it Carter?
2: Sharon Carter? Yeah,
0: Peggy? Sharon Carter.
2: Yeah, Peggy Carter was in the first film, and Sharon, her relative, uh, Atwell is apparently signed to possibly reprise her role, but as Sharon Carter.
0: Ah, what?
2: That's weird. <laughs> it it, it was already pretty weird yeah (laughs) true so but but they're really gung-ho about that apparently so i'm not sure if they're retaining that element Mm. but that is already a very crowded film so i imagine one or two of those elements might be downplayed or removed completely Uh, especially because the winter soldier thing is very loaded stuff
1: okay that's like a that's like an entire storyline to itself so um let's talk for a second um Black Panther, who right. Latino Review reported uh, recently as being the next solo Marvel film. Right. Which um, Marvel is denied. Right. But they deny everything.
2: Um, from what I can tell, they tossed around a few ideas because their plan right now is in 2014 to have two films. Which would be Captain America 2 and then Ant Man. Uh, Which Ant Man, they're not revealing any details about that. No one knows, you know. But uh, apparently the script is very funny and uh, exciting, but, you know, I sound like I work for them, so I'm not going to go into that. (laughs) Uh, But then in 2015, uh, they want to have another two films, and one of them, ideally, they want to be Avengers 2. But they want another film before Avengers 2. So that slot... It's got to be a Hulk movie, right? It's not, it's not officially uh, filled. And apparently, under consideration, they, they were considering uh, Black Panther, which it looks like they ruled that out. They were also considering... I find it a little hard to believe uh, what, that I heard this, but apparently one of the other options was a Heroes for Hire film, which would involve Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Hmm. Uh, Which Marvel's very, very, very interested in adding a little bit more diversity towards their universe. So, you know, obviously Luke Cage is a black character, Black Panther is a black character. They They have their eyes on that. They know that all the Avengers in the battlefield in the first film are white people. So they're very much trying to expand their fan base a little bit that way. So the third option, and the one most likely to happen, is, again, another Hulk film. Um, and um, this is where Black Panther comes in, where they'd use the Hulk to kind of springboard Black Panther in there. Apparently, Black Panther would be in charge of a team sent to locate the Hulk for the purposes of uh, General Ross. And this is sort of the this is this is probably twenty percent of all storylines in the Hulk comic books. Involve General Ross sending some team to go out and get the Hulk. And so this is more of a classic comic booky approach, and they would have Black Panther fronting this team, where you delve into his background and his origin as well, and that would be, a, you know, a major role, much like Doctor Strange, theoretically, in Thor two.
1: So I mean, I like I like those ideas because they they set up these characters whether they happen or not. I like these ideas because. They they, if hey if there's no movie great but we've set up this character and he's there for the for the using and 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 in that way the, the launch pad is is being taken care of so when you get to a solo movie you got less to take you got the less origin to deal with,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right, and um, uh, Hulk two also uh, and again it's very early I mean they don't even I mean maybe they do have a script but they haven't you know. You're obviously not very far in it at this point because this is possibly a 2015 release
1: I think this is all in the ideas stage and right. possible ideas
2: apparently the person who's shown a lot of interest in the second pull is Joss Whedon who would be who apparently volunteered Drew Goddard, uh, is it Goddard or Drew Goddard? I think Goddard Goddard, just Goddard um, who directed uh, Cabin. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, yeah and uh, apparently the idea right now, and this obviously could change, but the idea right now is to have Whedon and Goddard co-write the next Hulk film for Goddard to direct. Uh, apparently they're very big Hulk films. If you couldn't tell that from Avengers, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: he did a spe- spectacular job with the Hulk and not even, I would argue he did a spectacular job with the most important part of the Hulk, Bruce Banner.
0: Yes, yeah. Evan Ruffalo was key, though. I think they finally got the right Bruce Banner right now, though.
1: Yeah, they finally struck that right key and tone and note, uh, adding a, a, a tiny uh, sliver of humor throughout it. that's sort of self-deprecating. Um, I love the idea that you know they introduced that he tried to kill himself. You yeah. know, um, that there's a lot of loaded stuff that they introduced into that character, which I think is really cool. Um, he Ruffalo really sells this sort of like. Yeah, I yeah, I you know sort of like admits that he tried to kill himself and he's damaged and fucked up and I, it just it, I what I love about everything they did with Banner, I mean, how many lines of dialogue does he have? How many lines does any character have in that film, right? But, you know, he's got maybe like, I don't know, 15 or something like that main parts of dialogue and each one of them counts, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and this Hulk I, I like movie, yeah. Well, the Hulk, this solo, this next solo Hulk movie, I think is still going to be really tricky though, because they haven't gotten it right in two previous iterations. At least as far as I'm concerned, you know, he worked. Well, he worked great as a part of the team. I just, I wonder how they're going to pull off the solo movie. You know,
2: well, like I mentioned, um, they're really trying to borrow as much from Incredible Hulk as possible. Yeah. And, and that uh, suicide scene, I do believe that is a version of a scene that's deleted from yep. The Incredible Hulk. So um, the, one of the elements they're interested in bringing back is the character of the leader, which is a version of what um, Tim Blake Nelson was becoming at the end of The Incredible Hulk. Ah. So he is, he is contractually, he's signed up for future films, but they are interested in actually fulfilling that and bringing him back. Uh, as the character he eventually mutates into which we didn't actually really see
1: two other properties that they're kind of hot to get off the ground one they may have completely abandoned uh, one is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy right um, and the other one which uh, they kind of I'm not sure if they've given up on it officially or what and no one asked uh, Kevin Feige during the Avengers is the uh, uh, what's the film that Peter Sollett was going to make Wait. The Runaways, yes. Uh, that was one that they wanted to do, and they pulled the brakes on it because the, the, well, the official response is that they didn't want to be making another Marvel film while they were making The Avengers. Um, I think we spoke to the, one of the writers on it um, he, sometime this year, and he, he wasn't sure of its status either. But I, I think that one's probably done. But Guardians of the Galaxy could be one. Um Here's another thing in uh, the, re- the most recent version of Empire, they asked uh, Kevin Feige um, about their um, uh, uh, their you know post Avengers plan, and I believe he said something like he hinted at something like one of them whatever other films that we have one of them is going to be a non Avengers tied in film. So I think ergo that kind of means either Guardians of the Galaxy or Runaways. Gabe, am I, am I right in that?
2: Um, you know, I actually have not heard about any of that but a lot of that, the, the issue is that because this is a cohesive universe, there's so many different things to worry about. Like, right. for example, one of the things that I've heard about is uh, that Robert Downey Jr., obviously, his, uh, he's the crown jewel of the whole thing and his contract expires at the end of The Avengers 2 and he's interested in coming back so he's very inter- he's very excited about that, but he has a major stipulation, and that is that he only appear in a film every two years. Because if you'll note, he was in the Avengers this year; he's popping up in Iron Man three next year, and that's a huge commitment to kind of show up. That M- meanwhile, uh, Chris Chris Hemsworth is he Thor last year, the Avengers this year, Thor two next year. That's very hard for an actor to kind of do, particularly because Robert Downey Jr. has a lot of different, um, a lot of different um, opportunities. So something like that that creates a domino effect. If you suddenly are forced to only use Iron Man in one or two films every couple of years,
1: I thought his contract was done after Iron Man three.
2: Uh, No, I think there might have been an option for Avengers 2, which they picked up immediately. But he is renegotiating now. Another issue is that, uh, as part of the shared universe, one of the things that Disney... Disney feels that this is a very real possibility, that at some point down the line, they could actually get the rights back to some of their characters. Um, Possibly not Spider-Man... Maybe not the X-Men.
1: Probably not both of those.
2: (laughs) But Fantastic Four is fair game. Daredevil, possibly. Definitely somebody like Ghost Rider. They already have Blade and the Punisher. They fell back. So they are very much interested in bringing these characters into the universe. There's so much that apparently, even though this seems unlikely, they have discussed a, a third Avengers film somewhere down the line If they get the rights back to one of those major characters, then that changes the whole landscape. That changes the whole plan um, as far as where these films go and what happens in them and what films are going to happen. So something like Runaways, which seems kind of like Small Fries, it's always going to fall behind one of the bigger properties because once you have a success like The Avengers, you want to have another success like The Avengers.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: So, you know for business perspective I could see a lot of those smaller properties vanishing the plan right now for Avengers 2 either 2015 or 2016 depending on how flexible Joss Whedon is and right now the characters they are determined to include are Ant-Man and the Wasp from the Ant-Man film as well as Doctor Strange and either Black Panther or Luke Cage. I don't understand why they're not introducing both Black Panther and Luke Cage, but it's one or the other apparently. Okay.
1: Was Luke Cage ever really a part of the Avengers?
2: Absolutely. He was? He's, he's currently in the Avengers. Oh, well see
1: that that's after my day. I, I, I think well,
2: I I think he's been an Avenger on and off, but like in the last ten years he's been a very significant part of the team.
1: Uh okay, that's definitely after my day of comic book reading. I was
2: I, I know this from covers
1: <laughs> um, and then was Doctor, Doctor I know that Doctor Strange was um affiliated with the Avengers but he was never like a like a uh, a big time member or anything was he no he was more of a re- reservist
2: type I mean right. in, in this universe if they establish it if you can shoot a fireball the Avengers are going to want you on the team <laughs> so <laughs>
1: makes sense right so they- I would hope that they would try and like introduce other characters that they don't necessarily need to have another film for. Just an interesting supporting character who's got some cool powers, like a, I don't know, like a maybe he's not the best example, but like Wonder Man or a Vision or one of those sort of semi iconic B list characters from the team that they don't they don't have to have another film. But I, I feel like the, these those guys are so. If we're if we're introducing someone, they have to have be in a film. But I, I would love to see. Other characters in The Avengers Who will never get their own film They're just cool color And they're cool supporting characters Like arguably like The Hulk I mean before before we, we finish up here I, I would argue that you don't but One of the reasons The Hulk is so great Is, is that he's a great supporting character In that movie um, Agreed But he's like um, he's like the bridge in a song, you know, or a middle eight. It comes in there once, and you're like, that's so good. But it never comes back, and and it leaves you wanting more. Um, That's why the Hulk is so awesome in that movie. And if you make an entire film based on a middle eight, that middle eight is no longer that uh, that you know enticing or, or whatever because it's 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 been it's been heard, you know, and so. Um, I, I don't know, um, but then again, I would say if anybody's going to be able to do it, it's probably Joss Whedon. If and when that does happen, I mean, all this stuff is very—if
2: um, any of this happens, it's, it's it's very very early days. Yeah, it, it changes at the last minute all the time with these guys. Yeah, yeah. Although I I will also throw in a vote for Wonder Man and uh, and Miss Marvel because there aren't a lot of chicks on this team. <laughs>
0: nice all right well uh, let's wrap up the marvel chat there guys i think i think one thing that's seems pretty obvious is they're going to be digging further into the more obscure characters and things are going to get more way more supernatural it looks like so um definitely can expect that i guess on the marvel front and with that i want to thank both you guys for being on the line and and talking so uh thank you gabe we'll talk to you soon and thank you rod thank you later guys good night